Welcome to Many Talks Podcast, talking all business, entrepreneurship, property development, finance and investment. Brees Many here, your host of Many Talks. This is season three. Um, so today we're in a slightly different location. We're down the gym at Denison Dyer Boxing Academy. Um, got professional boxer, Hawara Davis, property investor as well. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to get him on the show to talk about your experience, how, how you got into the professional mm-hmm. boxing, but more importantly, what it's like to be a property investor as well. So mm-hmm. thanks for coming on, Hawara. Thank you for having me. No problem. So. What we do, just to, to get into it, we, the reason that I started the podcast was just to give back um, you know, some information to people that might be at a crossroads or sitting, you know, and it's a good time at the minute, school holidays, a lot of people do listen to the podcast, so we get this edited and out pretty quick, mm-hmm. um, especially with my involvement in the gym as well, so it was mm-hmm. a great fit to, to bring you in and talk about your boxing career. Mm-hmm. I mean, when did you start boxing? Was it at a young age? Um... Started boxing about 2009. Okay. Yeah, many years ago. So h- how old was you then? Was it? Uh, probably about 18, 19 years okay, old. Okay, so it wasn't when something when you was really young at school, no? Uh, no, it wasn't. Okay. And when, when you was at school, was you a, like, a, what did you used to do? When I was in sports? school, um, I wasn't one of the smart ones in my school. Ended up getting kicked out of school. I got okay. kicked out of my secondary school, yeah. my primary school, and my other secondary school. Okay. So as a youth, I wasn't really on the right road. Okay, so that, <laughs> so so school weren't somewhere that you you got into sports. Did you fall into boxing to help uh, you? How I started boxing, I started boxing in the youth club. Okay, it's called the Concord Youth Club. Um, is in Hackney. You know Hackney, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, I've heard of the club you know, as well. At this time, um, I was getting myself into a lot of gang trouble. You know, like stabbings and things going on. I was in Crown Court from the age of fifteen or okay. sixteen years old, and um, you know, I was on a bad road. And then I went into a youth club. They had a boxing coach, Tony Cisse. He used to come in every Wednesday. And um, I went back every single week, every single week. And then he saw me that I was, I loved the game. Mm. I was dedicated to it, even though it was just pads. He took my number, he took me to the actual boxing gym. And from there, I've been doing it up until now. Fantastic. What was it that you enjoyed about that? You know, obviously you, your first time you went there, what was it there? I don't think it was something that I more enjoyed anything about it. I think it was the fact that I was good at something for the first time in my life. Okay. You know, from where I come from, I was brought up thinking I'm going to end up dead or in jail. Because mm. that's all we hear. You're going to end up dead or in jail. You're, like, you're this, you're that. It was nothing positive. So the first time I hit the pads and he was like, yes, son, great shot. And I'm like, that's mad. I can actually do something good. And even though I probably wasn't good, mm. but he made me think, think I was good, believe okay. I was good. And then that feeling, I loved it, and then I went back every day. I wanted to hear him praise me, and like, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm saying. It's good for people to be positive. Uh-huh. So if it if it wasn't for him, you could have took a different road. But hearing somebody mm. praise you, you're doing mm. well. Mm. That's you know, and, and you've got to keep trying, and that's what got mm. you to where you are now, really. Exactly, 100%. These things are so important. Yeah, definitely. And then when you went through, you know, did you go? Did you turn as an amateur first? How, yeah. how did it work uh, for yourself? I had 18 fights as an amateur. You yeah. know, I feel like I, I turned pro a bit too early, but okay. um, you know, I had 18 fights um, as an amateur, and they were all wins. Every one of them. All of them. Very good. Very good. And how did that make you feel? Uh, like I could do something good in life. <laughs> I thought, you know what, I could do something good and, you know, it's not about money. In the amateurs, it's not about money because you don't get paid a single mm. penny for any fact you have. It's just about doing something good, finding a purpose in life mm. and being the best you can be. And for the first time in my life, I could do something. Yeah. 
And is that what it is about for you still now, that purpose? Or has it, has it grown to something different now? As a pro, it's a different game altogether. It's, yeah. a, it's a whole different game. So We'll come that... on to talk about the pro game mm -hmm. after. Um, the amateurs, we touched on it. What is it that you did like about the amateurs? Uh, what I liked about it, everything. Yeah. I was fighting every other week, sometimes every three weeks, every month. And, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a whole lot of friends in the gym, you know, guys that are in this game now, as a pro, doing good at the yards, or Coley. Yeah. Uh, I was friends with all these guys as an amateur. I was in the same gym as them as an amateur. And, you know, we all had the same ambition, the same goal, the same mm. ambition. We all didn't have much. Mm. We all didn't have anything. But all we had was a goal and a dream. And me not having anything back then, being around other people that are in the same spot as me, we all fed off each other. Yeah. And yeah. I guess that's what I did like about it. And what, what was it that you, was there anything that you didn't like about the amateurs? I loved it. You loved it every, every I, bit of it, I yeah? I loved it, all of it, every single thing. Yeah, great, fantastic. And, and as you said, you know, going through that, did the, the person that got you to them, them Wednesday clubs, as you said, did that instill like discipline in you? What, what do you think that boxing does for young kids that might have been in your, or are in your situation, what you was, back when you was 16, 17, just coming out of school? I think boxing shows the kids and the youth a whole new life. Mm. Even if I didn't box, I didn't go as a, um, as a pro boxer. Through being in the amateurs, I got to meet so many different guys and like, so many different people in all different fields of life. Mm. And that opened my understanding to there's more than just a hood. All I knew as a kid was just a hood. The little estate that I'm from, this gang, we don't like that gang. When you meet up, you fight each other, you stab, you shoot, this and that. That's all I knew. So in my mind, it was so close, but just being around the gym, I got to meet people coming from all different towns, countries, places, different guys and like cultures. And it opened up my mind. Mm. And I learned to meet other people, to speak to others. Yeah. You know, me coming from where I come from, I've got my little group, I speak to them and then that's it. When someone new that I don't know comes, I don't know how to speak to them, how to communicate. Okay, yeah. But now, I can, as an amateur, that's what I had to learn. Other people come in and, and they're talking to me and I'm like, you keep talking to me so much for. And then I learn now to speak back to them and to, and to, um, to find a common interest. Get more information from people, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Obviously, going from amateurs to, to professional, you said it's a, it's a big difference. Mm. What kind of adjustments did you have to personally make from, from being an amateur? Obviously, you've had 18 fights. Uh, how, how did it come about? Was it your trainer that wanted to turn you over to professional, or was it yourself that fought? To be you know, honest, the amateur game is something that I couldn't afford to do. You know, my whole amateur boxing career, I, I was on job seekers allowance. Job seekers allowance is where you get 53 or Fifty-two pound a week mm. to, uh, of like the local government, just to um, you know to just to help you get by as you're looking for work, mm. and that's how I lived on job seekers allowance, and you know that used to get me my train ticket to the gym and a little bus pass here and there, get me a little banana, a little Lucasade, mm. but um, I couldn't afford it eventually, so it's like either I've got to get a job, I've got to work an anti-five job, yeah, or I've got to take a chance and turn pro. Um, but me having to get an anti-fire job, I think, personally, you can't get an anti-fire job and be the best that you can be as a fighter. I said to myself, if I'm going to fight, I need to, I need to give my whole life to the gym. Mm. So am I ever going to get a job and I'm going to end this stuff or I'm going to go for it? 
and turn pro and that's a choice that I made. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and, and do you believe that? So obviously you, you've just said that. For you to, to be the best at whatever you want to be in life, you have to put your all in. You have to give it 100%. 100%, anything yeah. you have. Like even in this game, given 100%, it doesn't guarantee you success. I say to these kids all the time, you give in 100% in a gym, just because you go to gym every day and you work your hardest, it doesn't guarantee success. Mm. Giving 100% guarantees that you'll be a contender. Yeah. Giving 100% in whatever field you're in in life doesn't guarantee that you're going to be the best. All it guarantees is that you're going to be a contender because I'm giving 100%. You've got 10 to 15 other people also giving 100%. Yeah. So I'm just going to be a contender. To be the best, you've got to be special. You've got to give 110%, mm. 120%. You have to get everything you can. And, um, you know, this is what I still stand by today. You need to give 110% to, uh, to, to, to get where you need to be. 100%. <clears throat> Makes sense. So that, when, when you turned, what was the feeling like? Obviously, you know, it must have been quite, there must have been emotions running. You know, you, you, you need to turn because you mm -hmm. know that you're good. You've had 18 fights. You've, you, you've won 18. You've got people telling mm. you that you're doing well. Mm. Um, but you're in a predicament where... You know you can't continue to do mm. that because you you know you're running out of money. So mm. what do you do? You turn over. Mm. Um, what what was the the feeling? What did that feel like when you made that decision? If you can you remember back Exciting. then? Exciting. Yeah. I remember. I was at home. I just went on, onto Boxrec and I saw I've got an account. I'm on Boxrec <laughs> or Harry David. I had no picture, no boxing record, but just to have my name there, Harry yeah. David, up on Boxrec. I was looking at that for hours every day. I would just. Google myself, just yeah, yeah. like, damn, I'm actually, I'm a pro fighter. This is what, this has been my goal, my dream for many, many years, and, um, <laughs> and I'm there. Yeah, and, and you've continued, you've not looked back? No, I've, I've not looked back. Not and yet. did anything change in your training? Uh, yeah, amateurs got to train differently to the pros. For one, amateurs are fighting three to four rounds. Mm. Pros, you're fighting 10 rounds, 12 rounds, so you need to work a whole other energy system. Mm. You've got to run more miles you've got to do more work on the track because I'm not training for a four-round fight in a head guard yeah. and big gloves. I'm fighting with no head guards, thin gloves and more rounds. It's a real dangerous game right there. Yeah. So I had to adjust um, my training methods, but that wasn't hard. Did, did, did that come with adjusting your trainer as well? I know you've mm. had a few different yeah. trainers. Yeah. What, through, through your pro game, mm. How, how, how instrumental is the trainer that you're, you're working with to get you to where you need to be? The trainer's so important. You know, yeah. I've, been, you know I've been around, I've had a few different, a few different boxing coaches um, in my time mm. and I take some positives off of everyone. Every coach I had, I've taken some positives and some negatives. Yeah. And I think your coach is so important, so, so important. You know, I don't really want to say anything bad about, any, mm. about anyone or anyone that I've worked with in the past, but sometimes I look back at certain things and I'm like, you should have known better than that. Mm. But, okay. you know, but you live and you learn. But the, the key thing there, I think what you said is, from everyone that you've trained with, mm. you've taken a little piece of mm. what they give you mm. and you've moved along your journey with mm. that. And that's the same as real life, you know, mm. as you go through life, you can pick bits up from different people Definitely. and you can take that with, with your journey. So I think that's a, a key, key takeaway from, from oh. what we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you know, it, it is quite um, well known in the industry, you're mm. split from Matchroom with mm. Eddie. Um, do you feel if you was still with Eddie, your career might have gone in a different path or do you think it's been hindered at all? 
if or I, for the better? If I was still with Eddie, um, I'd be more famous because the times that I was under Eddie Hearn, I was under Matchroom, I had more followers over social media okay. when I go out and like people, they know me a lot more and you know, all, all, all of that stuff. If, mm. I was under, if I was under Eddie still, I'd be much more famous. But then again, I don't think that's the life that I want. Mm. Like now, I look at it and I'm just like, I don't think I want to be famous. I want to make as much money as I can and I want to be able to go to the shops and not get followed by a hundred <laughs> people that I don't know. Yeah. People taking pictures of me. It still happens every now and again. Like, it still happens, but it's not on a massive scale. Yeah. Like, I can go to the shops and I might only be seen by two or three people that know who I am. Imagine, imagine Annie Joshua going to the shops. Yeah. He can't go, to, he can't, he can't come out of his house and go to the shops and not be followed by a hundred people. Every car that, every car that sees him, beep, stop, like, that's not a life that I want mm. for myself. So, even when, you know, some people, they write to me online, I'm not famous no more, I'm not as known since I left Eddie Hearn. And I'm like, great, like, that's what I wanted. Mm. But when you, you know, you, you, your goal is mm. a world title shot, right? Yeah. So when you win that, uh -huh. you know, do you think the fame will still come with that? How, was, how are you going to deal with that? It will still come with that, but, um, you know, I mean, pff, that's something that I think about because I want one that comes with the other, yeah. but I don't want the other. No, yeah. Uh, and the world title will come. Yeah. I've got a WBA final eliminator next. Yeah. And, you know, I will become a world champion, I do believe. Fame is not something that I want. I will try as much as I can just to... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I guess I, I'll, have to, I'll have to cross that bridge when it comes. But fame is not something that I want. And, um, you know, a lot of people think that they want that life, but... Once you've had it... You don't want it. Yeah, you don't want it. You yeah. don't want it. I suppose it's funny because there's a lot of people that want it mm. and then it's to speak to somebody mm. that has mm. touched on it and mm. then, you know, it, 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 it's good to, to yeah. realise that it's not all what mm. it is, maybe it's cracked up to be. Not at all. What would you say your toughest opponent is to date? Taylor, the fact that I lost. Yeah? The fact that I lost, uh, it's, my, it's been my hardest fight. I didn't prepare properly for that fight. I thought, you know, I've knocked everyone out so far. Everyone's just been easy. I thought mm. it was going to be another easy fight. and. I got distracted for that camp. Yeah. I, got, I got distracted by life. Okay. And I played for it in a hard way. Honesty is the, the best policy, mm -hmm. they say. So it's good that you've addressed that and yeah. you, you, you've, you've obviously working mm -hmm. on that and, and worked out what went wrong so mm -hmm. you can put it right. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's, that's a major. I mean, what, what else I wanted to talk about, obviously the boxing career is um, very intriguing, mm -hmm. but from the conversations we've had, mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're big in passive income, you're mm. big in the property market, mm. which can provide passive income. Mm. What, what made you choose to get into the property market? To be honest, yeah. <laughs> uh, property investing, it's not something that I was ever into. Mm. I was like, nah, mate, that's not for me. Boxing's going to make me rich. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else. And um, I wanted to get a BMW i8. You know the BMW i8? Yeah, the, the electric, uh, when they yeah, first come out. Yeah, it's my favourite yeah. car, the ones where the doors go up to the, on the side. Every yeah, time yeah. I see that car, I still, like, oh my goodness, I, would, I need this car. So, um, no, I had the money to get the car. I'm on the phone to them and I'm talking to them uh, in my room at mum's house, because I was living at mum's house at this point. And then my older brother, who was also at mum's house, and he heard me on the phone to them. And he, he said, leave that to me. So you're going to go and get the car and you're going to, and you're gonna park the car outside mum's house on the main roads. He goes to me, by tomorrow morning, that car will be gone, or the windows will be smashed, mm. <laughs> or the car tire will be popped. <laughs> you can't get a nice car like that and think that it can easily be parked on the main road. He said to me, why don't you get your own house and get a little driveway and park the car on your own drive? 
And then a few days later, I'm in the car with him and he says to me, you know what, if you want to get a flat, I'll go house with you. And I had the money to get my flat, but I was, I was like, okay, cool, you need to go house with me. I, can, I get to keep a bit of my money. So I mean, him went house on a flat. And then I said, okay, cool, well, I've got my own drive now, so I'm going to get the car. And then I was like, fuck, we can afford another flat now. So I could have got the car, and then my mindset was like, I could get the car and I can pay the car, insurance, petrol, fuel, mm. road tax, buying the car, changing the car tire, services in it. These things are not cheap. A car is a liability. I've got to spend so much money on a car. I said, if you get another flat, we can put this flat on rent, mm. we can make money. So either I can use my money to lose money, or I can lose, or, or, I, can use my, or I can use my money to make money. Mm. And it sounds a lot smarter <laughs> making the money. So we went for, the, went for flat number two. Yeah. And since then, I had enough money to get the car again. I could have got the BMW i8, and then I said to myself, <laughs> flat number three. Yeah. We can keep on going, keep on going. And since then, I've learned how easy it is mm. to make passive income. You don't need to go to any college courses for it. It's easy. All you've got to do is be smart. Mm. And that still gives you peace of mind while you're in the gym doing what you're doing. You've got money coming in from, from your properties. During COVID, there was no fights happening. Mm. The fights were happening, it was all behind closed doors and boxing, it took a big hit. And many fighters weren't fighting as much. I haven't been that active since then. And this is what's been financing my life. Mm. Obviously, I've, I've been having my fights, but not as often as I would like to. And, you know, I'm glad that I made the right choice all of those years ago because, you know, it's been helping me get by. And um, after my next fight, I want to go get another one. Get another one. Get another one. Which is good. I mean, what, what do you think, as a landlord, so you, you've mm. got three flats, mm. what, what's your biggest challenge as a landlord? What, what, what's, what's the problems that you've come across being a landlord? Ain't no problems, really. What other people might say is an issue. I think it's just a part of the job. Yeah. I might have a few tenants in the house and the shower panel broke off the other day. I go to the B&Q, I get, another sh I, I get a shower panel, I pay someone to come over and to fix it. Mm. No matter what money I spend in a flat, I'm getting income from the flat. So I spend a bit of money to fix things here and there, yep. but I'm still getting more in rent. But it's just a part of the job. Yeah. It's, a, it's a part of the job. So when, when you make an investment into to property, what's, mm. what's the key factors that you look at and what do you keep in mind when, when picking the right property or the uh, right area? The yield. Yeah. Um, how much is the place going to cost me? How much, I'm, how much have I got to pay each month on yeah. the mortgage versus how much am I going to make back in rental income? Mm. And so location doesn't really matter to you? <laughs> location doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. It's all about the income. Yeah. I think, I think it's, all about, it's all about the income. But the location, I like to get all of them in the same area or like a 10 mile radius. Yeah. Because I, cause I like to manage the flats myself, I don't okay. want to pay someone to go yeah, to manage yeah. my okay. flat. So it's something breaks, I want to be able to go there myself and to see it. But mm. If I get a flat up north, I've got, I, I've got to phone someone up north just to go there, manage my flat, pay them for it. Makes so sense. I like to have them in a 10 mile radius so I can manage it myself. So um, so if you had them up north, you'd really want your 10 together up there, the same exactly. as if you've got 10 down here. So exactly. you've got, so it's the same, yeah, makes exactly. sense. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, What's your predictions for the future of the property market? Obviously, interest um, rates are, are going up, inflation's going mm. up. 
everyone's got an opinion on it. What, what do, do you think it makes a big difference? Has it made a difference to your portfolio? I don't at all. I think it's going to make a difference to those that are looking to sell. Mm. It's not making a difference to the rental income. If anything, it's a good thing on, up, on, up on my end because less people can afford to buy. I had yeah. people saving up for five years to get a flat and then the prices rose right up. Yeah. Now they've got a rent. So now more people are now looking to rent, which means I can, rain, I can raise the rent price now. <laughs> so if anything, on my end, it's been good. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen um, in the future of the property market because I know in the last recession that happened, I speak to a few estate agents about their experience because I'm yeah. only new in this game. So I've got to speak to those that have been here for years and have experienced all these things. And they said to me, sell all your flats right now. What they say to me, sell, sell, sell. The prices are going to drop. It happened before, it's going to happen again. The same thing happened before when, um, you know, the prices might drop, but I'd rather hold. Even though the interest rates, they have rose over the past few months. Mm. Like the Bank of England rose at about four times, three or four times the interest rate. But the property prices are actually still rising. Yeah. It's still rising. And, um, you know, even if it does drop quite a bit, it's not going to drop below what I bought it for. That's right. Even if it drops 10%. You just ride it. If it goes 15%. down, it's going to go back up, right? Since I bought my second flat, which was like 2019, late 2019, it's gone up about 30 to 40% mm. in value. So if it drops another 10 to 15%, You're still in it's front. not hurting me. I'm still in front. And it's not affecting my income that I get in rent every month. Mm. As long as I can rent that flat, I don't care if it goes down to 10K. I don't care if it's worth 10 to 15K. As long as I can rent that flat and get the income every month. Not worried. It can go down how much it wants. If anything, I'll be having, I'll be having another fight soon. So I guess I get to buy my next flat on the low. <laughs> so, you know. So you're looking at a positive there. I've got to look at all the positives. Um, so is your, is your model every fight, buy, fight, buy, fight, buy? Fight, buy, fight, buy. As yeah. long as I make enough in that fight to be able to invest into yeah. another flat. Um, How many you look? What, what, what's your goal, portfolio size? What, what's, what's the ideal number for you? I don't have a goal. My, my, in my mind, I think as soon as I can afford a flat, I buy one. Yeah. I don't have a number in my head because my lifestyle will be ever, it will be changing forever. Yeah. And the lifestyle that I, that I would like to live, I need a whole lot of them. I don't want to just be able to get by to live mm. a comfortable life. I want to be able to live a luxury life of my choice, do what I want when I want. Uh, my mindset now is not about buying expensive clothes and watches and cars. You know, I bought a watch a few years ago. I bought a, little, I bought a Hublot watch. I said to myself, I don't want any of these things mm. anymore. I don't want to buy expensive clothes to impress other people. Yeah. Give me the house keys. Yeah. Give me the house keys. And that's, been my, and, and that's the mindset that I got. And that's the mindset that every, that every fighter should have, every mm. pro fighter, because boxing and football are two different games altogether. And a, a lot of these fighters, I look at so many people, They've been a world champion, two-time world champion, three-time world champion, and they got nothing. Mm. Yeah, they got the belts, you got the legacy, but that's not putting food on your plate and on mm. your kids' plate. That's not sending your kids up to private school. I look at Danny Williams, the guy's over 50 years old. He's still fighting, he's still getting knocked out every fight because he's like, I've got my kids, I've got to fund them. Mm. Mm. But if you invest in some of the money that you made back then, then you, you wouldn't need to work because your income will be giving you more than what he's making now to fight. And why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that there's so many boxers that get to the peak of 
their career and have not invested? Is it because of there's not enough information out there? Oh. Is it because of the way we're brought up in, in this country to to buy your own home, save money and, you know, don't invest? This thing will last forever. Mm. That's what I thought up at one point until I lost. Mm. I thought this thing I was going to be coming forever for the rest of my life. I thought, you know what, <laughs> I'm getting paid big now. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. get paid more in my next fight and then more after that. And, yeah, you, yeah. and you don't see the end. And then the end hits you with a shock. Mm. And then you get and that big there. old tax bill and then you got to pay. <laughs> and then you've got a tax to pay, and then you've got to maintain a certain lifestyle and you think, I can't afford to get a flat. And then, like, you don't know anything about it. Like, you don't study economics. You don't know anything about the property game, so mm. you think, it's not for me. It's, it's, not those, for, it's yeah. for those rich guys. And then you end up with nothing. Mm. You end up renting for the rest of your life. And I know so many pros like that. So many pros. And then I see the young guys up and coming, and they don't think about any of these things. But you need to think about these things now. Mm when you're young. I wish I knew about it a, few, a couple of years ago. A wish you got into before. it earlier. If I got into it earlier, I'd have a lot more than I've got now because I wasted so much money on so much things while I was still living at my mummy's mm. house and I wanted to buy all of these things. Whereas if I got that, if I got that car that I told you about earlier, that BMW i8, I'd be struggling right now to have to pay that car insurance, fixing the car tires, all of this stuff. Mm. I'd be struggling right now. But I didn't get the car and I'm so thankful that I made yeah, an investment. Yeah, that you made that. And that was because your brother My said brother. to you about that. So it's always good to listen to what people say. Mm. Just one thing that you did touch on, and <clears throat> I've heard you talk about a lot, which I believe is, 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 is massive, is mindset. Mm. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, what kind of mindset, how, how do you train your mind? How, how do you get yourself, not just in gear for, for, for your next fight, mm. but your mindset in general? Every day, I make some progress of some sort. Mm. Every day before I go to bed, I look at the day I've had and I say, what have I done this day that's going to impact me in the future in a positive way? Mm. Have I gone to the gym? Have I worked hard? Yeah. Have I gone to the gym? Have I done this? Have you applied for this yet? Have you done this yet? Have you done some research on that? Every day I do things that make me so uncomfortable, but I know it's going to benefit me in the future. Mm. And every single day, that's what I do. Some days I do one thing and I'm happy with that. Other days I do two, I do three things. Even if it's just a small letter that I got on a post, mm. did you respond to it yet? Yes, <laughs> I've done something that day. And every day I'm making progress of some sort. And it's not about a big change all at once. It's about making the small changes, the small steps, small progress, 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 progress. And in the long run, it will change your whole life. In Definitely. a year, in Definitely. a year, it will change your whole life. Another great takeaway there, small steps gets you to where you need to be. Long as you're making you know, you, it's the person in the mirror that you should be going up against every day, not worrying about what other people think of you outside. You know, your only competitor is yourself. Make sure that you're bettering yourself every day. Definitely. I mean, I couldn't have put it better myself. Look, OD, great for having you on. Pleasure really coming on. Um, thanks for taking your time to be on. Just before I let you go, I've got mm. one last question. Mm. You know, if you could pick somebody that you could fight, whether they're active or not active now, um, who would that be? Who would your ideal person that you'd love to get in the ring with? Please don't say me. <laughs> uh, when you say that, there isn't anyone that I want to fight. No. Well, the only question I have to ask is, who would I get the most money to fight against? <laughs> and get me that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, so you've got no, no, no dream person that you'd like to, to fight? There's just... Pro boxing is a business. Yeah. And right now, I want where the money's at all. Whoever I'll get paid the most, most to yeah. fight, give me that guy. So, you know, it's just business for me. That's it. Lovely. Well, look, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. Some great takeaways. And guys, that's another podcast, different location, great guest. 
hopefully you took some takeaways away from there um you know thanks for listening subscribe tell some friends um and it's been a pleasure catch you soon so for now what i want to do is thank you for listening subscribe leave a review look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast with some exciting guests coming our way